Thanks for joining us for Season 7 of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Brand Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. Thanks for that kind introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work together at the intersection of hospitality, food service, technology, innovation, and capital. Jimmy, that is a lot of that, that's a lot of stuff. That's, that's a lot. Full. It's a lot. I got to tell you, Jimmy, I am excited to be here. It is a great show, great episode. Back from uh, NRA. Uh, I think there had to be, I don't know, two, 300,000 people there. It could be off by a couple people, but I counted. Uh, yeah, off by about a couple hundred thousand. But, but I mean, I know there was a lot of people there, Jimmy. A lot of Big number. I mean, it was crazy. It was super exciting. You know, Jimmy, and when I was in RA, uh, you know, I was thinking a lot about the business. But you know what really I was thinking about? I have no idea, Shaq. I was thinking about this branded marketplace. I'm thinking about this marketplace, Jimmy. I'm thinking like all these people come to the show and see all this stuff. But what about... After the show, what about finding solutions when you need a solution and there isn't a show going on, or maybe you can't get out to that show? You need a place. Yeah, (laughs) you go to the branded marketplace, Jimmy. You go to the marketplace, and it is loaded with everything you could possibly need to run a restaurant today from a tech and innovation perspective. So if you're looking for the greatest in tech, the greatest in innovation, you go check out the brandedmarketplace.com. You check it out and you're going to find it. Hey, Jimmy, if you want to get on the marketplace, if you have some really cool tech out there that's really solving problems, you email me at marketplace at brandedstrategic.com. I'll have you onboarded, Jimmy, in 10 minutes. And Jimmy, you would think that this is super expensive, right? It has to be very expensive. You would think just from what I just said, you'd be like, ah, shit, it's $1,000 a month. Two Jimmy, it's free. 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 How, do we, how do we make any money? I mean, who's the finance guy in this? In this, I am. you, volume. you we, told me we, volume. So volume. I, I leave it to you. You said volume. I leave it to you, Jimmy. Great show. Let's go. Let's start it. Let's kick it off. Chatsy, read my mind. I got one word for you in response to what you said about the marketplace. One word. Boom, baby. Boom. Well, boom, yeah, baby. That's two words. Boom, baby is two words. But boom. I agree. Boom. It's all about boom. Because right. we got uh, a great guest that yes, rhymes right. with boom. Yeah. Well, <laughs> look, that uh, that that preamble was uh, was uh, and that self promotion of branded was sponsored by our friends at Chico's Bail Bonds. Uh, if you ever need a bail bond, uh, you go to Chico's. They got you covered. And we really got to work on that sponsorship stuff. But okay, we are very excited for today's episode. Our guest is paying as much as the marketplace, Jimmy. That is true. <laughs> our friend is Mr. David Bloom, Chief Development and Operating Officer at Capriati's and Wing Zone. This is going to be, I believe, a very, very fun and informative and insightful episode of the hangout david we're going to let you take the lead sir please give us a little background about yourself and of course a little pitch on capriati's and wing zone because you guys are on a tear sure thanks first of all i appreciate the opportunity to be with you guys it's really a pleasure and i know we've been running into each other it's a pleasure david (laughs) (laughs) but thank you for coming on (laughs) well it is a pleasure and we always love to uh see you guys at all the shows but the chance to jump on your your podcast here is is just great. I'm very appreciative of it. Um, by way of background, um, I actually uh, was born and grew up and uh, learned the restaurant business in Jimmy and Chatsy's hometown of New York. I grew up in uh, New York and 
my brother is still an executive chef. My sister is the pastry chef. And I grew up in the back of the house. And frankly, restaurants were just a great opportunity for somebody from my background, which was nothing to write home about, to really have a chance to do some things in life and achieve some things that, you know, the goals that I had. So number one, first and foremost, it's one of the things I love about the restaurant industry is, you know, just talent and hard work go a really long way. Um, and so just anybody that's listening, I really encourage you, um, if you stick with it and you really learn uh, from from the best and get a chance to work with the best, take it every single time. Go wherever the opportunity is. Uh, we currently reside in Las Vegas. Capriati's and Wings Zone are based in Vegas. Uh, but when we moved here, it was our 18th move. So, And we've lived everywhere from Kenya to California to Colorado to every place in between. So always for business. Um, so... I just, you know, really enjoy the opportunity to share and, and uh, meet new people that are doing really great, interesting things. Uh, today, as Jimmy um, said, I serve as the chief operating and chief development officer for both Capriati's and Wing Zone. Uh, on the Capriati side, we have about 200 shops open today with about 300 in development. Um, and starting to do a little bit of international growth as well. On the Wing Zone side, we have 70 open. We acquired Wing Zone about two years ago, 100 in development. Uh, they are uh, both domestic and international, and we're grow growing in both verticals. My background, without going into too much detail, is really scaling brands from about our size into thousands of locations. I think I've worked in 33 countries to date. Um, and I just really enjoy being part of the team that does that and, and kind of creating that, that success, uh, with, you know, people that I respect and admire. Uh, that's how I got to Capriati's in the first place. David Barr, one of our board members and investors is an old friend, had worked for him, so, so to speak before. And, um, he's the one that kind of brought me over. And I've been here, as I said, about five going on six years and work with just an incredible team of people that I really love. That's awesome. And thank you so much for sharing that. And by the way, you are incredibly humble because we are going to take a deeper dive into David Bloom and how, <laughs> how you got here. I understand from New York in 1975, you were born in New York. We got all that stuff and it's amazing. But really, you worked. I mean, you started working out. You've worked at Hilton Hotels. You've worked at Bennigan's. You've worked for Quiznos, Hurricane Grill. Mrs. Fields Cookies, TCBY, just to name a few. So how did you go from all of these brands, which are household names, to now the CEO and Chief Development Officer of, of Wings Zone and Capriati's? You got 500 Capriati's or you know, 200 plus 300 the pipeline. You got almost 200 Wing Zones. I mean, it's, it's a lot. So I think you're being extremely humble. Leave the math to me, Shatsy. We keep going. You're on a roll. I love it. <laughs> 10,000 Capriati's, and I think you said 100,000 wing zones, Jimmy, if I if I if my math uh, serves me right. 70 plus 100,000? No, seriously. I mean, you've really, you've really, I mean, you've done a lot. So how did you end up at Capriati's? Well, just to clarify, I'm chief operating, not CEO. And uh, that's actually important to me because <clears> – <throat> I feel like I have a specialty. I have something that I'm really, really good at and I love. And candidly, um, it's probably not as the CEO. So I think uh, how I ended up there was an opportunity to join a brand um, and now brands and will continue to do probably additional acquisitions over the years and be part of a team doing what I think I'm really great at and contributing to that team. Um, you know, as I said, David Barr is the, the friend that kind of got me over there in the first place, but I really... 
aligned with the senior team that was there, Ashley uh, Mars, who is our CEO, and Jason Smiley, who's our president, um, right off the bat. And just, you know, it's very rare in life that you get an opportunity to do work that you're really passionate about, to, to work with a team that you're really aligned with. I mean, from investors to board members to senior team to management team to franchise partners all the way through, and to do it in a space that there's tremendous opportunity. And so when those three things come together, for me, that's sort of irresistible. And I, and I was able to find that at Capriati's and now Wing Zone. And so just continuing to work on, on that, really. I think that's great. And thank you for, uh, for sharing all that. Um, David, we've actually had a lot of operators on the show, and I, and I really don't want to uh, – and, and there's nothing negative to any of them. I think we've had some incredible operators on the show. but I Not as big as this guy, though, Jim. Well, I don't think – I think I, – well, let me rephrase that. I honestly think – that you may and your company may be the most tech forward operator that we've had on thus far. And that comes from some conversations you and I have had um, at the various shows and, and hearing the way uh, you were positioning your brands um, both ahead of the, uh, uh, the pandemic and then navigating uh, through this very turbulent and truly category five storm for our industry. But both Capriotis and Wing Zone are really making waves um, in the adoption of tech and I, I, I'd like to get into that, but before we go deep um, into all the tech you're, you're using and the extent you could share, I want to start with the beginning. You have this incredible and I'd say enviable philosophy to try out major tech. Um, so, so by the time it becomes mainstream, you're already ahead of the curve. When was it you decided to make your brand on the forward edge of tech disruption? Well, I do think that actually comes from uh, our investors and board members in terms of a mandate for the brand and a what we feel is a differentiator for us. Uh, because we own and operate our own stores as well, we have a platform in which to, to try that, that technology on our own dime and figure it out and take the risks. Um, that's, not, that's not a luxury everybody has. Um, but it, we believe it's a, it's a significant differ differentiator. You know, I, I will say in my background, I've had the, the opportunity to work with some, what, what I would call technology enabled companies. Um, and they had, and they grew at a, at a rate um, that others just couldn't, um, both here and abroad. So we feel like it's sort of table stakes anymore, but I will say I have conversations every day with people that literally tell me, hey, this is temporary. We're going back the way things used to be. And I just politely say, you know, I value your opinion and, and your friendship, but I, I think there's no way in the world uh, the genie is going back in the bottle. By the way, Shatz, that preamble that uh, David just gave there when he was politely disagreeing, that, that's called a polite way of telling someone, yeah, go, you, go, go F yeah, off. Yeah, go F off or, uh, F yourself. or have a nice day or, or, or from my, my southern friends, bless your heart. Um, <laughs> I lived in the south, and that is a good way to do it. Yeah, bless your heart. <laughs> well, listen, let's talk more about how you are uh, always a forward thinker in terms of tech and innovation on these brands in particular. Let's talk about robotics. We're hearing robotics all the time now. Everyone's talking about robotics. We used to joke about there was an old show, and I'll date myself a little bit because 
the Jetsons was a, an old cartoon. David, you remember it. Jimmy, probably don't remember it. You're much younger than us. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but the Jetsons had Rosie, and Rosie would, 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 you know, she was like, would go around, and she was like the housekeeper, and she would serve them food. And that would seem very futuristic. Be like, wow, as a kid, be like, that would be unbelievable. But I got to tell you, the truth is, this is not really too far off from where we are today. And you see, uh, there's a company, Bear Robotics, is a bunch that are kind of acting as uh, as as busters to help move things around in the dining rooms. You see that. Uh, you see the 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 Miso Robotics uh, doing the flippy and the, there's the sippy and there's the chippy and they're doing all sorts of things. And you've embraced a lot of robotics. I mean, you're testing out drone delivery right now, if I'm not mistaken. So I'd like to talk a little bit about more about the drone delivery program that you're partnering with who you're partnering with, what's going on, and how are you going to have drones delivering food in Las Vegas of all cities? Well, I will tell you, number one, first of all, on the drone side, we're just literally putting that that plan or that program together. Is this breaking news? Am I allowed to say this? Hey, I'm not, no, I'm not going to uh, uh, deny or, uh, or condone. So. <laughs> will not confirm or deny. Confirm or deny. Okay. But I will say. Chatsy, heads up. Don't cut it. Coming at you, Chatsy. Heads up. Breaking news. The thing that's really not comfortable for a lot of restaurant operators is that in the tech world, the paradigm of fail forward fast kind of rules and introducing sort of the minimally viable product and iterating your way forward is the business plan. And uh, restaurant operators also tend to think of, um, I want to turn it on, invest today, turn it on today and start making money tonight. And the technology world has a much, much longer time horizon in terms of investment and monetization of those investments. So I say it starts there, number one. Number two, I would just have a suggestion for anybody interested. There's a book, because I'm going to quote some things out of the book, called uh, uh, The Future is Faster Than You Think by Stephen Kotler and Peter Diamandis. I think they are founders of SpaceX and lots of other futuristic type things. And, and they coin a term that... I've really resonated with me. And that is we are living in the age of convergence. All of the technology shots that you mentioned, you know, autonomous vehicles, drone, robotics, uh, 5G, all, all of these things have existed for years. We just couldn't make them work together. We, and, and for the first time in literally history, human history, we're able to actually integrate them and make them work together in a way that really provides exponential returns. So while I think we're in the, literally, we're probably on the five or 10 yard line of, of this disruption cycle, it's coming. And we just, we think companies, just like you've seen in other industries, you saw it in retail, you know, most recently, but it's happening in FinTech, it's happening in, in it's happening in uh, the real estate industry, it's happening in biotechnology, it's happening in logistics, right? It's happening in every industry around us. And <clears throat> so we're not alone. Um, it's just that it seems like restaurateurs tend to be a little bit slower to believe or adopt. And uh, we think that's, again, a competitive advantage. We have point of sale systems, David. What more do we need? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, first, yeah, first, yeah, first, you got a you got a dishwasher, and then uh, you got an old, uh, you know, I got an eco uh, I got a, a Jackson Fastbreak dishwasher, and then I got a point of sale system. Yeah. What else do I need? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're, you're ahead of the curve, man. 
<laughs> back in the day. All right, listen, I want to continue on the robotics conversation and Shaz, get ready for it because I think you might enjoy this. But um, David, you, you and the company have recently partnered with our friends at WaveMaker, uh, WaveMaker Labs, um, for a few of your other in-store robotics initiatives. Um, and and Shaz, if you want to comment that that may or may not be breaking news, I got to tell you. Is that breaking news? No, that's public news. That's public. All right, good. Well, we gave it a shot. Can we say that it's breaking news on the podcast that we have breaking <laughs> yeah, news? Wavemaker yeah. and Capriotis and Wingzone have partnered for some incredible yeah, stuff. Say that after the guest just said it's out in the public domain and it's not breaking news, but <laughs> oh, we can edit. We can edit that, Jimmy. All right, um, David. What can you tell us about the partnership and how you're going to take robotics from your own stores to your franchise location? That's always, um, you know, the, yeah. from corporate to franchises. Uh, would love to hear how you're going to, you know, work and, and try to effectuate that in the most, uh, you know, successful way possible, efficient way possible. So WaveMaker is, is effectively a private equity company, a finance company, and Miso Robotics is one of their investments. They're the, really the robotic uh, developer, um, and we work with both. We've had, a, we've had a relationship with Miso Robotics for a couple of years. Um, it started off with actually positioning cameras above our grills um, in a kitchen united that was on the other side of the WaveMaker offices to and that those cameras were hooked up to an AI to learn how our sandwiches were being made on the grill and, you know, just start that machine learning process. As I said, this takes time, right? And then it taught us that we had to go back into our supply chain and, and maybe change the way we make cheesesteaks, change the way the meat came to us in our restaurants to make our product conducive to work in a, in a robotic environment. And that process is literally still going on. And uh, when we acquired Wingzone, it was a little bit different. We acquired Wingzone with the thought, the advanced thought that this product would work incredibly well with robotics. And we want to we want to tailor the menu. We want to tailor the operation and design the restaurants from the get go around having as much automation as physically possible. Um, and so we've been working with Miso on that early on. An interesting thing, though, is WaveMaker. Um, really kind of learned through their, you know, growth process that the deeper they could get into the operation, the more they could learn about what type of opportunities were out there for them. And so they've agreed to open, they've committed to opening up 20 wing zones in the LA area as a start. They've candidly like to do more. One thing they're really, really good at is crowdfunding. So they've launched their crowdfunding campaign. I think they have, for their various brands, they raised over $50 million to date. And Candidly, they can raise as much as they want. They just turn it off and on. And it, people are really excited and intrigued about these, you know, these types of developments. So it's it's a long-term relationship that, again, is at the beginning. Um, but I, I will say one thing. These all start with picking the right partner um, and making sure that we align with those partners from a values standpoint, from a vision standpoint. And that's what we found with the group at WaveMaker and MISO. Um, you know, there's challenges, there's cha literally challenges and problems every day. But when you align with people and and and, they're, and they are the right partner, and for a small company like us that we don't have our own, we have an IT department, but we don't have a technology skunk works. Yeah, I don't think you have your own robotics division at this point. Right. And, and, yeah. and we're probably not. So it's all about picking the right partners. Listen, it's, it's, it's undeniable the impact that, you know, AI, machine learning and robotics will have and continue to have on the industry. And I think to your point, we're on the five-yard line. I mean, this is really early stuff, mm -hmm. but it's it's coming. It's happening. There's no question about that. 
And I think it's interesting, like, what does this mean to the back of the house staff? Mm -hmm. And I think to your earlier point about what a great industry, I think, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, will this create new opportunities for people that didn't think that hospitality or the restaurant business was something they wanted to get into, mm -hmm. but now with this proliferation of AI and, and, and robotics, and now you're going to have to, we like to call them chef techs. I mean, someone's going to have to be there monitoring yep. these robotics, working with them, fixing them, et cetera. Do you think that creates a whole new kind of sector in terms of employees about do we have to retrain employees or maybe it's a whole new opportunity for people that want to come into the space that are intrigued by robotics and stuff like that and bring a whole new uh, line of, of employees? Uh, first of all, you've brought up an, a number of really, really great points. And I, you see that, Jimmy? <clears throat> Good points on my end. Lots to unpack there, Shaz, but you're right. Excellent points. Lots to unpack, though, now. Check the it box was, for Shatsy. <laughs> that was an early question of ours. And one thing that really impressed me right from the get-go, this was like two or three years ago, I actually saw videos of employees that were interviewed while they were on the job working next to the robots. And they loved it. They were like, I don't have to stand in front of this fryer for 12 hours a day. My job is now talking to customers. It's taking care of the machine. It's servicing people. I'm making more money because I've learned new skills. Um, we're doing more business because our throughput is a lot faster. So the employees loved it. It gave them more opportunity to do more of what they wanted to do and make more money. So that was, that was really significant from my standpoint. Um, number two, from a consumer standpoint, I don't know if you, you, you know, everybody knows this, but within the robotic system, you can literally have sensors that are detecting foodborne illnesses. You can have sensors that are making sure the product is made exactly right. You can have artificial intelligence cameras making sure the right food is going in the right bag um, and every order is done. You can obviously put your, you know, have much, much faster throughput so you can service those customers during peak periods. So there's just a significant amount of really um, advantages, I guess, from a, from a back of the house standpoint, as you said, chef techs, um, you know, whatever you want to call them, the employees themselves, and from an investment standpoint, you know, if you can take uh, 10 points out of the labor model, um, guess what? That's a big difference. <clears throat> it's big difference. Huge. We haven't heard numbers like that. I mean, reduction in 10%. I've never heard that even mentioned. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not about, and by the way, it's not just about reducing labor. It's, you can't find the labor, right? And like, who wants to work at midnight when we sell a lot of wings? How many people want to work at midnight or two in the morning, late night? Well, you know, what about in an airport location or non-traditional locations where you'd like to be 24 hours? Mm -hmm. It really is not just a labor savings you know, issue or a throughput issue. It's a it opens up a whole lot of opportunities. And I think in the long run, you know, we're going to see this, the capabilities of these, you know, automated systems, robotics, whatever you want to call them, they're going to grow exponentially. Yep. Hey, we're paying rent 24 seven. So if you have an opportunity to extend your op operating hours, like yep. you said, in airports and things like that, that could be a, a whole new revenue stream that you didn't think possible. I, uh, I, I,
I find myself uh, in the debate regarding the employment side, um, particularly given our business. Mm-hmm. And people have often said to me, "What aren't you taking away jobs with the initiatives on the tech and innovation side?" And um, I have a two-part answer. I, I first say that I'll engage in this discussion as long as they tell me that they uh, wait in line to pay the tollbooth collector um, and hand off the cash, as opposed to using a an easy pass <laughs> or an automated lane. Because mm-hmm. I didn't hear the complaints about saving the uh, the the the, the toll booth collector's job. The other thing is, and I love how you highlighted that the employees were embracing this. They Mm -hmm. saw this as value added to them so they could do the job they wanted, engage more with customers and earn more. And that's such an important thing I think people are missing out on is that this tech and innovation is actually going to be better for these employees. And what a great thing to allow these brands to operate more effectively and efficiently at times of day where we just can't get the labor to do it. Even if if there was no tech, we couldn't be open um, sufficiently. Um, given the given the labor challenges, and I, I would just tell you, look at the other industries: Amazon, Tesla, you know, all these other industries that are that have probably added more jobs than any other yep. single companies, and at the same time have embraced robotics wholly throughout their operation. And higher paying jobs. I really feel that the the attractiveness to this industry in a large part, thanks to tech and innovation, has now expanded the recruitment of different types of talent. All right, I want to um I, I want to stick with the um, the off-premise. Um, mm-hmm. um, I want to. I'm going to move into that because it's a topic that is is so important to branded, and we are heavily vested and invested in it. Um, you previously mentioned that your brands were designed for the off-prem space. So mm-hmm. when the pandemic hit, you were want to get ahead of the curve. Um, what could you share number-wise um, about your growth during the pandemic, as well as now? As I'd like to say, we're coming out of it. I think you mentioned double-digit increases in sales, but can you share? a little something with our listeners about how you manage the growth uh, or what growth you experienced uh, during this pandemic and now that we're coming out of it. Yeah, first of all, I want to just say that I know the pandemic in the last couple of years have been very rough on a lot of people, um, really great operators, good friends that I've known for years and years. And I don't want to make, I don't want to make light of any of yep. this. I, it's, so I just, I want to say that because I respect so many of these folks. Um, we are very fortunate in that our products traveled well. Capriati's literally 40 years ago was, you know, they were all built with no seats. It was all carry out. So the entire product line was built to travel, be what I would call portable or rugged um, and just show up, you know, arguably half hour later were better than when they came off the grill or when they were made. They, they marinated a little bit. Yeah. So we were really lucky on that. And on the wing zone side, we were able to be have a little more forethought and say, we're looking for brands that just dominate off-premise and really work well within that you know paradigm. So one was luck, one was a little more intentional. Um, we early on knew that, you know, from a data standpoint, and we tend to be very data-driven as a group, by the way. Um, we, we, we knew, like a lot of other folks, that the off-premise consumption was the fastest growing part of the restaurant industry. So we were very, you know, early pioneers again on ghost kitchens and virtual brands and, you know, working with companies like Olo to integrate the ordering systems. And we beta tested Olo Rails with, you know, those guys. And um, we were really just, again, we learned not just how to do revenue, but how to make money in all those verticals. And we signed national agreements and had built on those close relationships over years. So when the pandemic hit, 
we are already optimized on all those platforms. We already had ghost kitchens with all the major providers. We already had virtual brands. We're already really, really good at integrating all the delivery service providers and marketing ourselves there. And our food was already designed to travel well. So we had very little quote unquote pivoting to do aside from the, you know, the safety features that we had to do and closing dining rooms for periods of times. Um, but what we found was while everybody else kind of shut down, it left a gap in the market. So we doubled down on our advertising to tell people we're open, we're safe. You know, we had to add curbside delivery and a few other things like that. But that's that was about it. So um, because we were able to get really great advertising value and, and really, you know, service the customer when so many restaurants were shut down. Um, you know, we literally had, we had weeks when we were 20, 30, 40%, you know, year over year, same store sales positive. Now that's definitely breaking news. So that was crazy. And, um, <laughs> we didn't, ex you know, we certainly didn't expect that. But the other thing that we didn't know, um, was how we were growing our brands, how these brands, Capriati's were, how they were going to open in new markets that never heard of us in the middle of a pandemic. Are people going to come out and support them? And, you know, how's that going to work? And again, we found we were opening stores in the midst of the pandemic at record revenues. They were just climbing, kept climbing. You know, some things I think people expected to happen, like real estate was going to become plentiful and cheap. That never happened. So it happened for like a day, like a day or something. I remember. Yeah, I mean, it was like one day. Prime, <laughs> prime sites for us are still really competitive. Um, we yep. we use a lot of technology in our site evaluation processes and predictive indexing. Again, we we you know it's really the technology adoption curve is throughout the entire organization, not just in back of the house or what have you. So as we just continue to get better at that, we've continued to see same store sales, record growth will open between the two brands, 50 restaurants this year, not including ghost kitchens, we'll open another 30 or 40 ghost kitchens. As I said, we're, you know, we're bringing Capriati starting international growth and wing zone, both domestic and international. So <clears throat> it's, it's just been a really good good time for us, but we've been very fortunate because it took two or three years to get good at these things. Um, and I, whereas I think a lot of other brands kind of had to you know pivot and adopt things and I, and playing catch up in, in this at the pace of change we're experiencing today. If you're playing ch catch up, it's going to be a little rough. Uh, Jimmy's got a great line about that catch-up. Jimmy, what's your line about the catch-up? You're standing still, you're falling back. If you're standing still, you're falling behind. Right, you're falling behind. Mm -hmm. Listen, I, I, it's, it's great stuff. It's super interesting. You know, listen, Jimmy and I do a lot of talking. Jimmy more than me, but I do plenty of talking too. Uh, and, and as it turns out, we really wanted on our podcast to give our guests an opportunity to ask us a question because we do so much talking. So the mic is yours. Talking back Anything you want to ask Jimmy and I? Well, I guess, you know, what What are you the most excited about? What do you think is going to be the biggest lever that an operator can pull, a brand can pull to kind of catapult themselves and position themselves ahead of this curve? Um, there's, there's a lot of choices and there's a lot of shiny new toys out there, right? Like shiny nickels that you can look at. But if you were <clears throat> running Capriati's today or you're running... Uh, wing zone today, wh what would you be focused on? What, what would, you, wh where would you put your time energy? Well, Jimmy, I'm going to take a stab at that real quick. If I was running wing zone and Capri, as the first thing I would do is I would hire David Bloom <laughs> and I would say, I would say, David, I got to get ahead of this. What do you recommend? Help me out here. I need you to help me out here. 
I mean, right? That would be the best thing I could do. I hope there's more to your answer than that, Shazzy. But by the way, I respect that's a great. What are you talking about? Why would I even think about it? Just hire David. David, you got to get me ahead of the curve. What do I do? Excel, Shazzy. We call that a circular, a circular (laughs) uh, cell. Because you see what I did there, Jimmy? Boom! Asked you the question. You said I'd hire David Bloom there to figure it out. (laughs) Isn't that right? Unfortunately, David Bloom does very little. He works with the team that does really all the heavy lifting. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Jimmy, you want to take a stab at it? Uh, no, yeah, I'll take a stab at it. Um, and I, and this is coming from um, I've had every job in front of the kitchen, but that was a long time ago. But I'd say the following. One of my favorite things that I'm looking at from a macro to micro perspective, I'm loving the the optionality um, and the menu that's available to us. That pun was intended. Um, this is the most fragmented in- industry I've ever seen. Um, mm. And the word restaurant means ab- about the same as the word finance. Finance mm. means so many different things to people, as does the word restaurant. So if I was thinking about a Capriati or a wing zone, um, at the end of the day, these are the things that would be on my mind. One is you've talked about a lot of them about the the leveraging of AI and automation and robotics to address the issue of how to recognize that we have a labor shortage, we want to be open longer, and there are tools now available um, to marry with the types of, of, of offerings you have for your guests. The other thing I'm really interested in right now and think is going to continue to gain momentum, it is a combination of data and analytics, which mm-hmm. I think this industry continues to underweight. I come mm-hmm. from an industry, uh, being Wall Street, where data and analytics dominated our decision-making. Um, gut matters. Gut's important. But mm-hmm. watch how much better your gut and your instincts are when you're armed with data and analytics that will uh, reduce that risk. And you want to fail fast and fail forward. Give yourself better information um, to work off of. And I think that is going to be meaningful. This industry is still way too heavily weighted to the way we've always done it. And it needs to change. And I agree with David's comment. Once the technology is out of the bottle, you ain't putting that back in. And I now think there are companies and we have the privilege of working with several of them that are really trying to arm operators with the data to help their decision making. And then lastly, I still think the guest engagement vertical, which is is somewhere a hybrid between we have the whole off-prem, we have the whole back of house, but the personalization and how brands are going to connect on a personal level with their guests, I think is going to become more and more important. We can't just do it with a great host or hostess. We can't just do it with a great barista, uh, bartender or, or server because so much of our guest experience now is going to be digital. So now we have to really work with the tools that can allow um, our brands to speak with guests um, in a digital space. And thankfully, there's a lot of tools out there I think can do a very good job. I got to tell you, Jimmy, that was beautiful. And that was exactly what I was going to say. If I couldn't get David Bloom because he already (laughs) had a job and he wouldn't come work for me, then I would do exactly what Jimmy just said. So in, in short, you would have said ditto, Shats, right? You would ditto. say ditto? Yes. Okay, yes. Let Dave, let, Dave, let David chime in here. Jimmy, um, I, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I would, I would point people, you know, we're based in Vegas, and so I'm a Vegas guy. If you want to see an industry that does what you just said really well, it's the casino industry. Absolutely. They have, they are so dialed into every, every individual customer what that customer is doing, where they are, what their play is, what their spend is, how often they come, and what offers they respond to it, what time of the year, what the last time they were back was. And it's a very rifle shot approach. 
and you'll talk to people and they'll say, oh, yeah, you know, the, you know, the so-and-so casino offered me to come in and see this game or this concert or what have you. And, you know, it's, whether it's Country Western or EDC or whatever it is. And, you know, I always go, you know, like the casinos know their customers and they know I'm going to put out these offers that I'm going to get back a 1.985 yes. return. And literally the return will be 1.895. You know, like they know exactly what they're doing, what their return on investment you know, scenario is. And they're just turning the dials. And our industry is clearly not there yet, but it is. That's that convergence of technology, of AI, of geofencing, of social media. You know, when, when all these technologies can talk to one another, that capability is going to become table stakes. Shatsy, what do you think? You think Vegas is better at knowing their guests? Rhetorical question, by the way, coming though. Knowing their guests or setting the line of any given football. Oh, wait, I was thinking bookies too. I'm thinking like bookmakers do a really good job too. And they know how they, they're dialed into those. They're dialed into that game. They know exactly what it's going to be. Let me yes. tell you something. They use data analytics to get that done. That's not gut instincts. Okay. I want to move into Greenberg, our- Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to move into our crystal ball moment. It's a chance we get to ask our guests to put on their Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat and predict the future, the future. Um, David, how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and technology? Sounds like a short period of time, but the fact is, given the pace at which things are moving, that is an eternity. I like your reference in the future is faster than you think a book you referenced earlier. So what do you think? Uh, restaurants and dining two years from now, tech and hospitality. Well, I think number one, brands, brand equity matters um, even more in the digital world or quote unquote, the metaverse, um, which is still a little bit of a ways away. So ha- building brands that resonate with consumers and have value to consumers um, for a specific product, because you don't say anymore, I'm, I want to go out to eat. You say, I, I'm hungry. What are my options? Number one, what can be here in 20 minutes, right? What's convenient? And then what do I feel like? I feel like, you know, Chipotle or Panera or Capriati's or what wings on or whatever. So the, the decision uh, matrix has actually flipped itself, right? So that, that's where we see things going. Um, and I think brands that, you know, can provide a great experience, a great product. In other words, the food's arriving hot and accurately and quickly are going to have a clear competitive advantage there. So um, I think off-premise consumption is going to continue to grow um, and people will still want to go out for an experience from time to time and brands that cater to that experience, your favorite steakhouse, your favorite bar, whatever it is, you're hanging out with friends or watching the game, that's still going to be a segment. But the fastest growing category is going to be those brands that can really satisfy the demand with all of the headwinds and I guess this is some people think that it's transitory. They think, you know, they think uh, <clears throat> labor shortages and inflation and, you know, un- civil unrest and social unrest and all these, you know, pandemic. They think these are transitory. I don't. I think that these things are going to keep coming at us faster and faster. And brands that are positioned to handle them will have incredible opportunities. So we're going to see new companies like Mesa Robotics and Wavemaker and you know, Capriati's and Wings. We're going to see companies really emerging and accelerating, and we're going to see people that have not adopted, we're going to see them go away quicker. Um, 
that's just my guess. I got to tell you, I couldn't agree more. It's it's really, I can't wait to come back and have you on uh, in two years. Uh, you'll probably say no, but we'll ask anyway. Uh, <laughs> but I got to tell you, it's really great to hear because I think there is, uh, uh, brands do matter. And I think Jimmy and I really uh, believe in that. Brands matter and the food matters and coming hot matters and the packaging matters and and the quality matters and the taste matters. It all matters, you know, and the idea that someone says, oh, no one cares about the brand. It's just got to get there. And I just, I, I, you're, you're, you want an experience at home too. So, mm-hmm. you know, if off-prem is what your desire is, you still want that to be a great experience. You want that to come uh, the right way with the right sauce, you know, so it all matters. David, you know? d- David, the uh, Shatz is one of the most absolute positive easygoing people I've truly ever met. And I once watched them almost get like off kilter when someone's telling them, oh, come on, the, the food doesn't matter. It just doesn't get there on time. And I thought Chats was going to go with the guy for that insulting, the, the, the quality of the food doesn't matter. Um, and as long as it gets there within a certain window. And that Chats, got very bothered by that. So Chats, I agree with you, though. I, I agree with you to that, and I'm glad I, I stopped you from getting into a fight. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for that. Listen, <laughs> it's been a great show, but it won't be a great show unless we get the branded quickfire off the table. So let's get to the branded quickfire. I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions, David, okay? Don't think, too, don't think too long. Don't think too hard. Five questions. Are you ready? Go for it. Favorite Las Vegas sports team? Golden Knights. By the way, don't you have a basketball team coming and a baseball team coming it's all cool we got f1 we got major league soccer we just got pro lacrosse it's all coming baby it's all coming and are they building like i heard the are the a's coming and, and on the strip building a stadium is that right there's a rumor right now we have the aviators in their new stadium just up the street from my house and there's talk that where the tropicana hotel is that they're gonna build a baseball stadium <laughs> Vegas is unbelievable. Really unbelievable. Yeah. Sorry, that's, the quick fire. Quick fire. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? I, I was, where are you getting dinner from tonight? My grill. I'm a huge, uh, anytime I can be at home with my family, I'm a huge hangout with my family guy. Favorite food city in the world? Come on. It's Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. <laughs> Whoa, Vegas, Vegas baby. baby. Where's your favorite place to travel? Germany. My wife grew up in Germany. We have friends there. Um, so I really love to be in Europe. I think they do a great job of mixing uh, personal life and business life and, and a balance. And I wish I had that kind of balance in my life. I don't. Oh, me and you were just talking about that balance, baby. They got they know how to do it over there, man. Sitting out at a cafe, drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette. Uh, <laughs> if you were to challenge Jimmy Rye to a wing eating contest, who do you have better odds of beating? I mean, honestly, who made this question? I mean, look at Jimmy. Yeah, I think this is I think this is easy got, easy I'm, for David to nail it. The Jimmy, favorite food shit in the world, but I'm gonna, but I'll let but I'll let him but I'll let him answer. I'm going to say Jimmy. Really? I think, yeah, I think you're you're kind of a guy that gets pretty hyped up, and, <laughs> and I, I I think in the moment you might be you you might be willing to go like right to the edge, you know. So Jimmy, at some point, would be like, "All right, hey, I'll I can't res- do this anymore." I'll respect it. I thought you were going to say you'll 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 have better odds of beating me because Shats wouldn't even show up. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but, I gotta but tell I, you, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I could. I'm going to beat Jimmy in a wig contest. 
There's no way. But okay, well, you know what? We'll all have a good time. We'll, respect, we'll, 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 we'll respect it. We'll have some good time at the Wing Zone. Listen, David, we want to thank you so much for joining us for the podcast and for sharing all your great insights. I literally was writing notes to myself. You talked about talent and hard work. You talked about you know having the right partners, talking to customers, uh, brand equity. These are things that we're promoting constantly of the importance. And I so appreciate uh, you as an industry uh, leader and, and veteran coming and sharing these thoughts. Um, so we appreciate what you do for this industry and you and your team's hard work uh, to support the hospitality industry always. Um, for our listeners, hey, wait, Jimmy, I'm going to go out of limb. I think best guest we ever had. Am I right? Well, definitely better oh, than yeah. Sterling. Oh boy, definitely better than Sterling. Okay. Smartest guest we ever had. <laughs> I just, I'm going to go grab my wife for a minute. If you guys would repeat that. <laughs> I do think he was dropping insight. He was dropping knowledge. Wait, do we get to see the new, the newly decorated house? <laughs> yeah, it's always being redecorated. Before Shachi jumps into it, I want to say that there is a fantastic Capriati's up on the Upper East Side here in New York City on Second Avenue. And 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 while it's not David special, anybody who want the first hundred people that want to meet Shachi up there at Capriati's, Shachi will be standing there with his personal credit card. Okay, <laughs> personal credit card. And and he will be willing to buy you a delicious sandwich and show off why Capriati's is such a fast-growing uh, gr- uh, brand. So I just want to tell you, I think um, that is a uh, that's a that's a special we're going to give. And and oh my God, wait, wait, Jimmy, I have one more little fun fact. Okay. Is it true that Capriati's is the largest supplier of butterball turkeys in the country? We're the largest restaurant buyer. The of butterball. largest restaurant buyer of butterball turkeys. Do you have a number that we can throw out there on how many Butterball turkeys you buy? You know, I, I don't have the number, but I do can know you that. you make butter- something up? Because, I mean, anything you say, we'll believe. <laughs> well, Butterball raise, raises a line of turkeys just for us called the Capriati Super Tom. Um, so you can't actually buy it in the store. It's, it's raised specifically for us. You know how good they are? They get their own freaking turkey. Yeah. <laughs> 100,000 turkeys a week, I'm told. <laughs> this is what I'm told. All right, we do. Uh, I do love you guys have your own mind of turkeys with Butterball. That's awesome. Listen, if you want to get in touch with David directly, uh, we're not going to give out his personal uh, seller or email, but you can contact the podcast team, podcast at brandstrategic.com. We'd be happy to make the introduction for you. Um, and then finally, to our listeners, we know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. And the fact that our listener count continues to grow, and that's despite Shatsy begging his family to get on board. It really is growing. <laughs> we want to thank you for all your continued support that's taken us into season seven. Please join us next week as we welcome our guests, Meredith Sandland and Carl Osborne, the author of the book, Delivering the Digital Restaurant, Your Roadmap to the Future of Food. Jimmy, Meredith great book. I had dinner with them last week in Chicago. Yeah. And yes. by the way, they're making a movie and this guy is going to star in the movie. You well, know I, I, I made really, that up. I mean, I'm trying. I, 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 I didn't even know what to say about that because that was a fun dinner and there's a little bit of alcohol and I have no idea which part of that was true or I not. Said, I said, you're making a movie. They said, we're going to make a movie. I said, well, this guy should be starring in that movie. Well, here's what they do now. I'm going to play the Brad Pitt part. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, the after. Meredith and Carl and maybe Brad Pitt will be on the podcast next week, so please tune in. And finally, I know I said that. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. You don't miss out on any of our exciting guests. David, with great appreciation for your patience with us, our banter, and all, but specifically for all the great insights you shared. Thank you so much for being here. Jimmy Frischling signing Wait, off. Wait, last one. Out. David, if we, want to get to, if we want to find a wing zone, where do we go? Uh, we're in, uh, we're up in your neck of the woods. We're up in uh, Long Island, and um, we have several out on the island. But we're 
really right now we're kind of coast to coast and uh so wingzone.com uh wingzone.com would be great and capriotis.com any of those will get you there got lots there you go there you go everybody Check it out. And by the way, uh, first order is on David. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Take care. Cheers. Thanks, David. Cheers, everybody. Bye-bye.